that's fucking football right there. None of that pansiastic tugging smile for the camera bullshit. Men puke, men poop on the field. Men deliver their newborn baby on the sidelines. We win together we celebrate together. Football is back baby. Welcome back to another episode of the Goalpost Gambling Podcast. I'm Nick B here to talk some college football with you guys. Now there's a couple of games today that we're going to look at. We're going to look at some of these bowl games. Of course, the two that we have today are some real classics. We have the Gasparilla Bowl and we have the Independence Bowl. Now the Gasparilla Bowl, we're going to get Wake Forest and Missouri. On the other side, in the Independence, that 3 o'clock game, we have Houston taking on Louisiana. Now, I think these are two really, really solid bowl games. A lot of people want to go straight ahead to the college football playoffs, start laying money on the college football playoffs. We don't know what's going to happen between now and then. In addition, those are some of the, the best teams in the country. I mean, supposedly, these are the four best teams in the country. Now, you can argue about the playoff system and how it's going to be overall in a few years, but right now, these are the four best teams in the country, and they're going to duke it out for that 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 college football crown in these final two years of the short playoffs. Those games are a little tougher to bet on because you have such high-level competition. Sometimes in these bowl games, with players opting out, players entering the transfer portal, what have you, there is the real opportunity to make some cash. And I love these two games as those opportunities. We'll keep this one pretty short and sweet. Now, the 3 o'clock game, that Independence Bowl, is going to be in Louisiana. So this is somewhat of a home game for the Raging Cajuns, but don't think it's time to take the points just yet. This is going to be a frigid, cold game. And Texas, excuse me, Houston, is laying seven points. Now, I'm saying don't take the points of the Cajuns just yet because there is a lot to talk about here. Seven points is quite a bit for a bowl game, but let's keep in mind Louisiana had to beat Texas State in order to become bowl eligible. They did. They dominated that game. But they are going to miss some players in this one. And on the other side, we are not missing much of Houston's team. Now, you can talk about how good Houston's team really is, but they are uh, <clears throat> they are what they are. So on Louisiana side, their starting quarterback is not going to be playing. That is Ben Woolridge. Okay, Woolridge, 15 touchdowns, 5 picks, 138 for 1,661 yards. Okay. Solid, solid quarterback for a team that's just going to try to pound away at the ball. Understandable. But he's not playing. He's going to be replaced by, um, let's see, what's his name again? Fields. Chandler Fields, sophomore out of Louisiana, right? One of the highest-ranked quarterbacks coming out of that class in that state. He's pretty solid. He's pretty solid. Uh, with a very commendable QBR of 38.7. Ten touchdowns, four picks over the season. He's played in some spots and played okay. The drop-off is not huge. Um, However, 
in his in his last games, they are three this season when he plays. They are three and four. <coughs> and they lost uh, they have lost four straight in the middle of that in games that he's appeared. All right. So he's he's fine. He's fine, but he's not uh, he's not dynamic or explosive in any sort of way. So we'll take him as our quarterback, sure. But we're also missing we're also missing our leading receiver for Louisiana. That is uh, that is one Michael Jefferson, senior out of Mobile, Alabama. He is not going to play. He has opted out. So we are without our starting quarterback, and we are without our leading receiver. Okay. That complicates things a little bit. It does. Now, I will say, we do have to be honest here, right? We did have this assortment of players. We did have this assortment of players for that game against Texas State. And they did They did win. They won big, 41-13. to They beat Texas State with the group of players that's playing today. There's also uh, their leading edge rushers out. I forget his name. But Texas State, we have to remember, was dog shit this year. Absolutely dog shit. Losses to UL Monroe, South Alabama, Southern Miss, Troy, James Madison, Baylor, and Nevada. Four and eight record to end the season. No dynamic offense, no defensive uh, capabilities. Texas State, not, not a good team. Okay, So they crushed them and win that game to become bowl eligible. Texas State wasn't playing for anything. Now, on the other side, Houston loses their last game of the season to Tulsa. Pretty bad loss. They lose by seven in a game that they were favored uh, by 13 in. Okay, so you go, oh, no, we can't bet Houston. Houston is, is going to drop the ball on the spread, right? They may not even win. It might be reversed. The other team might cover that spread against them. But hold on, okay? Before that game, they dismantled ECU 42-3. to this is just what this Houston team does. Back to back to back. Destroy South Florida. We're going to go back to uh, 1029. We're going to go all the way back to uh, uh, <clears throat> October. 42 to 27. They beat South Florida. Then they lose 77 to 63 against SMU. Then they win 43 to 36 against Temple. Then they win again, 42-3 to against ECU. Then they lose 37-30 to against Tulsa. If you paint the larger picture here, you see Houston does not lose, generally speaking, after a loss. The only time that they lost back-to-back games this season was when they were beat by Texas Tech in double overtime and then lost to Kansas, Right? And both of those teams turned out to be pretty good this season. Kansas was decent, and they have a bowl game on their slate. And then Texas Tech was also pretty decent at some points, uh, even even trending towards beating some of these ranked teams. And they have earned themselves a bowl game as well. So when they're playing teams and they lose against some teams that are questionable, they bounce back with a win almost every time. <coughs> Lost to Kansas, they beat Rice. Lost to Tulane, they beat Memphis. Lost to SMU, they beat Temple and ECU. 
lost to Tulsa. They should come in here and beat Louisiana. That's just kind of the trend that we see with them. Now, their quarterback has been on fire all season. Clayton Toon, the senior out of Carleton, Texas. Okay. 316 completions this season, almost 4,000 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 picks. And then he's also their leading rusher. 117 rushes, almost 500 yards, and five touchdowns. So he is playing, and he is going to look to end that little season that they had where they had such high expectations coming in and faltered down the stretch. They want to fix that picture and frame this season in a much, much better lighting. And he's going to have some help. His leading receiver, Nathaniel Dell, uh, junior out of Daytona Beach, Florida, he's playing. He is their number one receiver. He wears number one. And he's got 15 touchdowns on the year, 103 receptions, almost 1,500 yards. So Dell is playing. Toon is playing. Their offense should be firing on all cylinders here. And this is a team that can absolutely air it out, right? In order to beat them, you're going to have to put up a lot of points. Those losses that they have, even though those losses, they haven't really been kept in check. The loss to SMU, they put up 63 points. Lost to Tulsa, they put up 30. Lost to Tulane, 24 points. Lost to Kansas, 30 points. They're not scoring under uh, under under like three touchdowns in any of these losses. So if the Cajuns, the Raging Cajuns, if they're going to win today, they absolutely, absolutely have to put up points. And you're asking a team that scores 27 points per game to Houston's 37 points per game to come in without their leading receiver and without their starting quarterback and do that against this Houston team. Now, the Houston defense has been bad, but they're going to be facing a much, much weaker offense than they have at many points this season. So, yeah, we saw Louisiana put up some numbers against Texas State and become bowl eligible, but I don't think that means a whole lot here. I'm going to roll with Houston on this one. I think they get the Independence Bowl done. Minus seven, I think, is the the spread here at close. I would take minus seven. Personally, I'm probably going to tease this down to six. I think you get a good bit of value there. So that way, if they win on two field goals or they win by seven, you can win instead of push or push on that uh, that six-point spread. So hopefully that's what we'll see. But I would not be surprised if they come out and just floor them, if they just floor them. They're not missing anyone notable on this team. Louisiana is down their starting quarterback, wide receiver number one, and one of their best defensive rushers. So I've got to give the advantage here to Houston. It's going to be freezing cold. It's going to be a little harder to get that offense going. But once they do, and Toon can do it with his legs or his arm, I think this could be a bloodbath. Give me Houston, minus six on the alt spread, seven if you're feeling it. Our second game of this day, this Gasparilla Bowl, this should be a good one. This should be an absolutely good one. Wake Forest has had a rocky season. The high came when they were ranked 10, top 10 in the country, number 10 back in the 
the end of October. And the low probably came when they were uh, beat back-to-back by ACC rivals. Syracuse, uh, (coughs) they did beat Syracuse, excuse me, losing to North Carolina and then Duke. Two in-state programs take them out, as well as NC State. So they've lost against the whole state and Louisville. That was when they were ranked number 10. That's probably the low point right there. I'll, I'll fix that up. They were ranked 10, and then on the 29th, they lose. They get crushed 48-21 to 21 against Louisville. And since then, they've lost to NC State, North Carolina, Duke, and now they take on Missouri. So they ended the season very, very weakly. Very uh, upsetting losses there, especially for a team that had moved from 22-23 all the way down They had some close games. They lost some rankings after they only beat Liberty by one. Took Clemson, number five Clemson at the time, to double overtime. Beat ranked Florida State. I mean, they had some really high highs and really low lows. But they come into this one all in all, having been ranked to unranked, seven and five. And they come in as the favorites, minus two and a half against Missouri. Missouri upset South Carolina on the same day that Wake lost to Louisville back in October. They got dismantled by number 5, Tennessee, beat up on New Mexico State and Arkansas, lost to Florida, came within four of Georgia, lost to Auburn in overtime, and uh, lost to Kansas State. So they have a healthy mix of some reasonable losses and reasonable wins. All in all, they end and come into this one 6-6. Six and six. Now, the Demon Deacons are coming into this one on the shoulders of their quarterback, Sam Hartman. Somewhat of a, a Wake Forest legend now. Junior this season, okay? And he is foregoing his senior year in Winston-Salem. Hartman may try to get paid. He may transfer to a different program. We're not really sure. We're not really sure. With this quarterback class, it's possible. It's possible he could be a pick. I mean, he's been good for a number of years now. And it's possible that he doesn't catch on and just becomes one of those college quarterbacks that had a great run. But he is playing, and that is huge news for the Demon Deacons. In his last Wake Forest game, he's looking to come out and win this one and kind of cement his legacy there in Winston. Now, I I like him a lot. I think he's a great quarterback. Almost 3,500 yards this season, 35 touchdowns, 11 picks. I mean, he has been been very, very good. And he's going to to get some help here. (coughs) Most of his guys, I believe, are playing in this one. We've got to check real quick. Deacons are going to be missing a couple of running backs here. Uh, Turner and Cooley both were reasonable running backs for them, not their leading running back this season, but both were able to be parts and cogs of this dynamic offense. They also lose Holmes, a defensive back who played pretty good back there. They are all going to miss this game after entering the transfer portal. Uh, With Turner and Cooley, I think that they just, you know, they get lost in that running back depth chart, uh, probably want to go and be running back one somewhere. 
So totally understand their decision to not play and enter that transfer portal. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on Wake's offense. I think with Hartman still playing, still able to use his legs and his arm, they should have just enough to grind this one out and score the points that they need. <coughs> on the other side, Missouri is going to miss Dominic. Dominic, love it. And uh, Lyman Isaiah McGuire, DJ Coleman, safety Mark. Marta's manual, uh, they are all entering the NFL draft or transferring, and so they are going to be out. That's a pretty big blow for that offense there. Missouri's leading receiver, uh, love it. Well, maybe not statistically leading receiver, but perhaps one of his best receivers is going to be out in this one, and he's he's a big part of that, uh, that offense. And so we're going to have to see how that impacts them. I don't think it's going to be positive, I mean, obviously, in their final game of the season, he had six catches for 103 yards. So they are certainly going to miss Lovett in this one. Uh, he is their leading receiver. Excuse me. 56 receptions, 846 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah, I, I don't know where, where I missed that. But he is their leading receiver, so you're down him. You're down some defensive players. This is going to crumple the offense just a little here. And let's look at some of the stats this season, right? That ACC was a little tougher than normal this season. Both Duke, NC State, and UNC were all ranked at one point or another. And so Wake has played some unusually strong competition. So I think they stand up to Missouri in terms of strength of schedule. Now, points per game, Wake is averaging 36.5, and they're allowing 29.3. So about a seven-point swing there. Missouri is about dead even. 25 and a half points per game, 25 points allowed per game. And look at this, right? Missouri's a team that wants to run the ball a little bit. Their quarterback play, not nearly as strong as Wake Forest. And so they're they're content to hand the ball off and do some things there. Without Lovett, it's going to be even more one-dimensional. Rushing yards per game, they average 158 to only 212 passing yards per game. Okay. Now, Wake Forest, say what you will about their secondary. They give up some pass yards. They absolutely do. But their rush yards, they only allow 137 rush yards a game. They have been shutting down the run, and they're probably just going to play that all game long, force the passes, force um, Cook to throw the ball, and I'm not sure that it's going to go so well. I'm not sure it's going to go so well. They'll miss Holmes in the backfield, but I think they'll have enough to cover Missouri's um, Missouri's offense. And it, at any rate, <clears throat> at any rate here, Wake Forest is a team that with Hartman in control puts up 447 yards per game and 314 of those are passing. They are going to be slinging the ball, okay? And they are going to be getting it downfield and driving and scoring, okay? This is a team that averages almost 37 points per game. A lot like the Houston game, I don't think that Missouri has enough to keep up. I don't think that Wake Forest defense is going to let them score as many points as Wake is going to score themselves. This is a team that already averages 25 to Wake's 36. If this is a shootout, and it probably will be, I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Wake. And this is one that's in Tampa, Tampa, Florida, Raymond James Stadium. Okay, weather's like 50 degrees at game time. 
So we've got one that's a little bit warmer in December for this here. Passing attack should be firing on all cylinders. I like Hartman in this one. He's got his targets. Missouri a little bit crumpled given the, given some of those transfers and NFL workouts. I think statistically this game favors Wake in a huge way. Their offense is going to grind out points. And then Missouri, I think, is going to stall out, forced to pass a little bit, put Cook under the microscope, and I don't think they're going to be able to return fire. Wake minus 2.5 feels like a pretty safe bet to me. If you're going to give up a little bit on the Houston one and tease that down, you might go 2.5 on Wake. You might go money line. Haven't played a lot of really, really close games this season. So that two and a half might be pretty safe with Wake if you want to lay those points. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate going money line on this one, especially in a bowl game. But they they uh, their only close win was against Liberty. They won by one. But then again, you know, taking two and a half is it really worth it? Why not just lay uh, lay the points aside? Go money line on this. Either way, either way, I think Wake comes out on top. I'll lay the points with them if I have to. I don't think Missouri will get it done, and I don't think two and a half points will be enough. I think the same on the other side. I don't think that Louisiana will get it done, and I don't think seven will be enough. So I'm going uh, I'm going chalk here. We're going to go two favorites, and we're going to go, uh, go as close to the money line as we can get on both of them while still keeping some value. We've got more bowl games coming up ahead. We will break down those. And, of course, we also have NFL Christmas Day on the horizon. Stay tuned for that one. We'll get Big Money Justin back on here, and we will get taken care of for those upcoming Christmas games as we push closer to the NFL playoffs. Safe travels this holiday season, guys. Be careful out there. And don't forget to get these bets in before we cash on some of these bowl games. Until next time.